Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I am Matt Rossi. I am your host again this week after my brief descent into Tartarus, where I languished for a week and am now returned. I sent him on a fetch quest. Yeah, the world of the living, unfortunately. Uh, For me, it's the world of the semi-living with a lot of coughing and feeling bad. But regardless, uh, the world of the living. And with me, of course, are the two people who single-handedly saved the show last week. Uh, Well, I guess double-handedly. Mm-hmm. Quad-handedly, because there's yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they say single-handedly, even if there's you got two hands. So I'm assuming it's just handedly counts for both hands. I, I regardless, however, uh, yeah, that happened last week, and now we're into this week where a whole bunch of things are sort of going on, but at the same time, those things are not necessarily as up to date as we had hoped for. Uh, we'll say one thing that we we just found out I think today because you said the thing that was the news is coming Tuesday and today's Tuesday. Um, yeah. The Warcraft Rumble news is is out. Uh, yes, we now have a release date for Warcraft Rumble, uh, which is November third. Uh, just after BlizzCon. That's, uh, that's that's the first day of BlizzCon. Okay, so literally during that's BlizzCon. Okay, literally during BlizzCon. I feel like that's a that's a weird time to do the release, but uh, bold move. Let's see how it works out for them. It is it yeah. is a bold move. Um. I mean, I'm worried that Blizzard has been doing a lot this year that's kind of cannibalizing the enthusiasm for their game by, like, doing things at such a rapid pace. And it's like releasing something and then immediately announcing the next something. And you have trouble getting hyped for things because it's like, oh, this new cool thing is here. And you have, like, 20 minutes for it to be the new cool thing. And then they've announced the next cool thing. So, I mean, I can see that maybe this is going to be a little problematic because... You know, we're going to have all eyes on BlizzCon. Whether you're there or not, you're going to be laser focused on BlizzCon. And this game is going to come out. But, you know, our, our, I don't know that I'm going to play, play it. I probably won't during BlizzCon. And because it's BlizzCon, they're probably going to immediately announce something cool that's coming up. We but, have, yeah. We're probably going to yeah, talk the about game that has just come point. out. So, hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is a strange time. And I mean, unless they're hoping to have some kind of big events at BlizzCon for people to play mm-hmm. it, and they're hoping mm-hmm. to use BlizzCon to actually get people focused on it. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I'm not saying that's a great idea. I'm just saying, sitting here right now in my, you know, in my I don't work in games design field hat on, <laughs> uh, that's what makes sense to me. Uh, is that they're they're like, well, people, you know, BlizzCon's like this giant fire-breathing radioactive dragon that attacks Tokyo every so often. People pay attention. <laughs> and also, I've and, been watching a lot of Godzilla movies, apparently. Uh, and BlizzCon does appear to be, like, it's going to be more focused on social things. Because yeah, yeah, they, they posted, yeah, they posted a map of the convention center. And it looks like they're doing all or most of the panels on one stage. Like they're going to have one big stage, and that's where your big panels are, and then a lot of the other spaces. That's a weird choice. Sorry. I mean, I can only say they haven't released an official schedule. I can only say that's what it looks. Looking at the map, like 
you're going to have announcements here. And then you have like gameplay demos and social events and experiences. Blizzard just talked about having this be a more experiential uh, BlizzCon with things to do and activities. So, um, yeah, so it could be that there's Warcraft Rumble stuff like Warcraft Rumble tournaments and Warcraft Rumble. Come up here and play. Play with your friends. Uh, Warcraft Rumble will have guilds. It will have raids. Uh, today they also mentioned that the first raid is going to be Molten Core, which is like a series of seven maps that you have to play through with a guildmate, which guilds are a little weird in Rumble because they're like a maximum size of 15 people, which is one, a strange number, and two, kind of small. It's kind of a, That's- it's a little limited. It's sort of in line with like other mobile games that have like guilds or clans that sort of like limit it down. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes a little bit of sense. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we'll just have to see how it flows because I did play in the beta. Super fun game. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but right now it's not. Uh, we don't have access to it unless you live in Canada. <laughs> Matt, you could be playing it. You could be playing it right now if you so wanted because it's soft launched. Yeah, I, I do live in Canada. That's true. Um, um however this I mean just, I don't I don't know if you care about mobile games. It's not that I don't care or uncare. It's just yes, they exist. And And this know. is also this is also the era of constant games. It's just, yeah. there are so many games right now demanding yeah. our attention. I, I yeah, literally my wife is like my wife's over on one side playing Paleo Pines, which is like the the fact that I am here now t- talking to you guys <laughs> and not obsessively staring at paleo pines as she plays it is proof of my love and devotion to this whole podcast idea because it's a dinosaur game there's there's dinosaurs and she's playing it on her switch and there's dinosaurs and she's riding a dinosaur and she just tamed a t-rex this is killing me it's killing me dad uh but but to get to something that you mentioned in the email because i was actually looking at this the uh warcraft rumble tie-in event in in world of warcraft where there are actual yeah. arcade machines i, I want to try and ex- try and catch this up for people who, yeah. and i'm gonna say right now me, i don't know take, that i understand it go ahead let me take one step back the entire concept of warcraft rumble it has like it has a backstory that i feel is excessively complicated and not really important but it does have someone's put some thought into this backstory and the idea of warcraft rumble is you would be going up to like a a game machine of some kind and you would pick up like the game machine has these little miniatures that it pulls up for you and you put your miniatures where you want to on the play space and they come alive so but it has this idea of these miniatures put on a game board and so that kind that's kind of reflected in the art style of it that has some of them have you know kind of a, a worn look but kind of the 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 exterior story of this game is that it's like an arcade game sort of fantasy arcade thing w- that you're playing with miniatures that you get out of a like video game machine of some kind so it kind of kind of fits into the Warcraft thing where they're like vending machines of minifigures? Yeah, literally what they seem to have done here is taken the backstory Liz just mentioned and are literally putting it into World of Warcraft as a series of quests to, to range around the world and find the minis from the arcade machines and get the special ones, which will then be good in some fashion. This is like they have special rumble coins and rumble foils, and the foils are like special... Rumble miniatures with yeah. special skins on them. If if you've played a trading card game, you know kind of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like your special magic card with the with the special foam, you know, foil on it, whatever. I feel called out. Yeah, before that, <laughs> it was comic books that would have like a special foil cover. It's something along those lines. And there's a whole host of achievements. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. There's seventeen achievements that I can see just looking at this this pose that you can earn. And uh, one of the headers is actually called "To the Victor Go the Foils." So yeah, they're they're, they're leaning on this, guys. And it's it's like these are kind of cool little miniatures you can find. Um, I'm not sure, like they've actually got what look to be statues that you can see somehow in the game. Like I believe screenshots they're toys. Yeah. I believe they are literal toys. From the toy box. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. toys. Yeah. 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 
But I it's mean, kind like, of similar to what they of... did with the the stuff that we used to collect from uh, Mechagon. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, it's there's there's a kind of, they kind of cool. They they look looking at the way they're going to look in game. They don't look. They've done something to them to make them look more like the war the Warcraft like Rumble versions of themselves than they normally do. Like mm-hmm. they've made the um them cartoonier and a little cell shaded y looking. Um, the real slim cell shady uh i don't know why i said that i'm sorry but regardless uh yeah like there's a there's one of a goblin in his you know goblin harvester and they've got him in front of an actual goblin harvester so you can see that the goblin harvester (laughs) from rumble is significantly cooler looking that sort of thing i don't know if it's just an example to make people be like you know oh the art in, in warcraft looks looks bad now i don't know if they do regardless yeah they've got this event um you go in you can I guess you can play Warcraft Rumble in WoW. I'm not entirely mm, sure what not, you can do not, with these machines. I don't think you can do anything with them. They're you just can't. Kind of, they're, they're just, they're just, a, cool. they're just a hub. Yeah. They're just there in the world. Kind of like how when Hearthstone was first released and you could go places in the world and find Hearthstone boards. It's very similar, except mm-hmm. you can click on these ones and interact with them. And that's about the extent of it. And it's kind of, there's kind of a treasure hunt aspect to it where, you know, there are seven figures to collect. So you have to find these coins, these rumble coins, scattered across the world. And then you take the coin to your Warcraft rumble vending machine and you get one of the miniatures. And then you have to find the foils that give your uh, miniatures unique appearances. So it's yeah. there's a scavenger hunt element to it also. Yeah, one of the achievements is literally upgrade Maiev twice. So you have to yep. upgrade Maiev twice. Like you get her up to her perfect, the super platinum foil version, whatever they have. Like, you know, there's the achievement for getting all seven. Then there's one for upgrading all seven once. Then there's one for upgrading all seven twice. And then each individual one seems to have an upgrade it once, upgrade it twice uh, type thing. Like for instance, uh, Maiev and Sheed, Oh, Sneed. Uh, yeah, Sneed. But then there's like Night Elf Huntress and Stonehoof, Stonehoof Tower, mm-hmm. Torn, and Undead Ghoul, uh, Murloc, Whelp Egg. Upgrade Whelp Egg is hilarious to me. <laughs> I don't know why. Just the idea you have to upgrade the Whelp Egg. Upgrade it once, then upgrade it again. It's an egg! Yeah, and apparently you can just play the, as a Whelp Egg and bull item. Yeah, it is interesting but, uh, that this is happening. You know, they, But it, it is. It is happening. I mean, and I don't think they announced an end date for it. So you know, if you if you feel like scavenger hunting and collecting, it's it's out there for you. And if you don't, eh, ignore it. Move on with your yeah, life. Yeah, it's it's relatively easy to ignore if it's not your thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like I mean, it's just like any of the current holidays, really. I mean, even the ones like uh, the the Noble Garden ones, or you know, the Fire Festival, or you know, whether you whether you have to travel around and talk to ancestors, or travel around and look at bonfires, or travel around and do whatever, they're real easy to skip. Just don't do it. It's not like you get, you get some, maybe get some candy if you do some of them. That's basically it. Um, it's really not that big a deal. I just think this is kind of interesting, just because it is. I mean, I, it smacks of somebody in a room somewhere, you know, bolting out of sleep, going corporate synergy. <laughs> what happened? What happened, dear? I don't know. I, I dreamt of a game inside of another game that we were making. And we took the game we were making and we we made it into the game that it has as its own backstory in another game. Dear, you've been you've been up too long. I, I know. I'm sorry. But, you know, if, if that's, that's kind of what happened. It's Gameception. Like, he has to stop and check to see if the little Warcraft Rumble figure he has on his desk is spinning. And if it is, he's insane because they don't reel yet. And, they're, you know, I'm sure they're going to sell. They're going to sell these things at some oh, point, Oh, yeah, right? 100%. Yeah, these things are, like, built. This, this is, like, screaming well, to become. Go ahead. So, so I was going to say, they, they, they've done stuff like this in the past where they had blind boxes for minis and things like that because they're. I'm yeah, literally, they've done that at. At BlizzCon, they've done that at BlizzCon, yeah. But they also they've they've done it with at stores too because I'm staring at literally. I have a Genji, I have a uh, Treasure Goblin, I have a little tip miniature Sylvanas, like just chilling on my shelf that I got from uh, game stores because they were like a tie-in product that you literally could just get, and they're like little chibi versions, but like same principle. Um, if Warcraft Rumble does well, I can legitimately see them doing this and making a physical product out of it but not in as much as some people are gonna be like oh they'll make a miniatures game 
they dirtied it a board game. They have a board game with a ton of miniatures. You can go find it. It is massive. I don't think they'll ever no. do that again. I uh, just thought that they would sell them. Like, but they'll sell these. As they'll sell them as collectibles. Yeah. I, if it does well, I think they that that is definitely not outside of the realm of possibilities. So yeah. Um. Well, I want to I want to jump in here and add something that I don't think was on our list to talk about, but we're talking about BlizzCon. And Blizzard actually kind of did a surprise round of BlizzCon ticket sales last week. On Friday at noon, they released more BlizzCon tickets. And I just looked up the webpage. There are still BlizzCon tickets available for purchase as of the recording of this podcast. Which uh, I, I wonder about this. I wonder both about the last minute nature of it. Because we're uh, when they released these, we were about five weeks out. Mm-hmm. Now we're about four weeks out, and that's really late for people to travel plans. Um, I I honestly think that what happened is that the last mm-hmm. when they were doing the original sales for this BlizzCon, mm-hmm. uh, they did it pretty far out, and they only did two events, and then they were done. And I think I, that they realized they didn't realize that that was just too restrictive for some people to manage. Well, see, I felt like that that we had ticket sales a little late, and all of these. In- come a little late am i totally off base there i think these ones are late i just think yeah. the, origin, the original ones going back a couple months ago i don't think those were late and mm-hmm. i think that this this is more like what they did at previous blizzards but at previous blizzards they would have they told you up front that this was coming they didn't just spring yeah. it on you on friday or whatever yeah they yeah. announced the ticket sales on thursday they went sale friday at noon and they're they're still there and i do wonder this is blizzcon tickets have taken some time to sell out it yeah. hasn't been I, this time. I mean, the, I don't know you guys, but I'll just throw this out there. I it would have had to be differently set up for me to even think about going. I yeah, and, we were talking about this the other day in Guild. Actually, actually last night, as a matter of fact, weren't we, Liz? I oh, know you weren't there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I yeah, it it's not set up in a way that really is good for people with disabilities right now, or. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that maybe can't travel because of health reasons, and there's it also seems like a much more demure con from what it is, like with all the social interaction being like the highlight, so it feels almost like there's less to do than previous previous BlizzCons, at least on the tin, at least from what it is there. So I'm wondering if this is just a combination of a bunch of leftover tickets and not actually necessarily them opening more up for ticket sales, right? Like I'm wondering if this is we didn't sell out like we usually do. It wasn't a fight to mm-hmm. claw through because everybody I know that has wanted tickets has gotten tickets like, yeah. pretty, pretty easily. Unlike previous yeah. years where like we used to have to have shifts. And I remember when we'd oh, be yeah. in, like we'd be in we'd be in staff chat, like coordinating who's in the queue. What's your position? How many tickets <laughs> can you grab? Whose names are we putting on? it? Like we had used to, it was like a raid yeah. event, right? Like you were do you were treating it like a final boss. <laughs> Uh, and now it's just kind of like, eh. And I, I think I think we're starting to see maybe what we were talking about a year ago at this point when we were talking about the the possibility mm. of BlizzCons, which is I think less people are willing to go uh, due to you know the constant health concerns that are still out there plaguing us. Uh, I think that the con needs to have a really good value proposition. So for people that are willing to travel, it's not there for them, uh, at least not right as as it's being billed. And maybe their core audience is getting to a point in their life where they either can't uh, because we're all still recovering financially because of the last, you know, mm-hmm. three years waving my hand here um, or four years. Oh, my God. You know, or just have other obligations that they need to take care of. So I don't know. It's one thing it's is interesting. The first the first BlizzCon they had was, I believe, before the launch of the Burning Crusade. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, 18 years ago, 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, you had the players who were super enthusiastic and were there for that BlizzCon and were so excited. You know, we're all nearly 20 years older now. We have jobs. A lot of us have kids and the people who don't have kids have three or four cats. So, you know, it's you. Uh, and a you dog. Wind up I have a dog people, as well. <laughs> dogs, cats, lizards, snakes. Rabbits, everything, everything. I do have all those things. <laughs> but the point is that we all have responsibilities. Can't yeah. pack up and make a run for BlizzCon because BlizzCon is so exciting. And at the same time, the people who do have that kind of free time, if you're like a college kid who's really into uh, to Blizzard games and you really want to go to BlizzCon, 
tickets. Tickets are $300. Yeah, they increased the price on it quite a bit. uh, And, uh, you know, if you want a room at the Marriott, which is right next to the hotel, you're probably paying at least $500 a night. So prices are geared towards someone who is reasonably affluent. You know, you have you have extra cash to spend the, and throw around to be able to travel there, to pay for the ticket, take the time off, and to stay in a hotel within a five mile radius. Yeah, I was going to say because I remember uh, I remember when I first went to the like one of the first BlizzCons, and I forgot which one it was. I think it was like the second when I didn't get to the first one. But like airfare from the east coast to the west coast round trip was like two hundred and forty bucks, two hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. Uh, I stayed at a hotel for forty dollars a night and split it with somebody. Oh my god! Uh, like uh-huh. like, and I was like literally two blocks away from the, the convention center and uh, compare it to what prices are this year, plus the cost of food and inflation and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely just monument. It's a monumental financial undertaking to go and do that. I think yeah. it's also very telling too. Like we, we talk about the tickets, the ticket sales, go look at hotels that are still very available around that area. Like the close mm-hmm. ones are still plenty available. Whereas in years past, they'd be booked before BlizzCon tickets ever went on sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think to a certain and- degree, it was just the fact that nobody knew for sure that we were even having BlizzCon until relatively late. Like, it, was, it wasn't something that people knew and could rely on. So people were, like, trying to figure out, how am I going to get time? How am I going to get someone to, like, either watch my kids? Or am I going to have to bring my kids? Like, what's going on with that? You know, there's a whole ton of that kind of thing happening. And at the same time, like... Nobody really knows what this BlizzCon is going to be. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the new direction, but no one and said, you know, what does the new direction entail exactly, guys? Like, what are you asking and, me to pay for? And Blizzard is really, it's pretty normal for Blizzard to announce the schedule very late. But right now, when they're asking for more money up front for tickets, more uh, travel is more expensive, hotels are more expensive, all of these things are more expensive. It's harder to go to BlizzCon than it's ever been. And I don't, I don't pin all of that on Blizzard. I'm not blaming Blizzard. I mean, it's expensive to throw an event. I can understand ticket prices increasing, but it's just a much bigger deal to travel across the yeah. country and pay or, for all of this. Yeah, and let's say when we're saying across the country, for some people, it's across the planet. Yeah, mm, yeah. There are people who are traveling from Europe. There are people who are traveling from Asia. I mean, I was gonna say, yeah. Like I have, I have friends. Like I remember, I remember meeting friends from, uh, you know, who came in from Europe, or you know, shout out to Teresa because I know she still listens. But like, you know, <laughs> she flew all the way from Australia, right? Like, and that's not a short trip. <laughs> like, no, we had know. a question. We, we had a question a while back that we didn't get around to, to answering, unfortunately. But it was basically saying, look, uh, my wife and I just found out that the BlizzCon, you know doing this and that and we have kids and they're not going to have any kind of there's no way to like have any place for the kids to be watched there's no put the kid Mm -hmm. here for an hour so you can go do stuff i can't leave my kid behind for like you know the weekend and in the past they had something but now they don't uh you know and and uh, there wasn't really much for us to say yes they don't have that i i mean what were we going to answer this with we don't know why they didn't you know why they changed it it feels like you know, the audience playing a lot of these games has gotten older, but the type of convention they're throwing has not evolved with that because that is something a lot of people have kids. There's nothing for the kids to do while they're there. I mean, are you going to go send them off to Disneyland by themselves? Mm, probably not. Probably not. Um, not if you want to see them again. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it becomes a problem because we are all older, getting older. And we have responsibilities. So a uh, BlizzCon ticket sales five weeks before the event, it's like, I can't drop everything and spend yeah. $500 to get a plane ticket to LA and spend $1,000 on hotel and spend however much on food. And 500? No, I just can't do that. Five, 500, <laughs> five, 500 covers me going from New York to Carolina and back. Like, <laughs> If I'm going to, if I'm going from here and I have like a major international airport, like it's not like a, a small, like when I live in a major city, I live in the second largest city in New York, like flying out of here, isn't that expensive? Usually, uh, like I'm looking at like seven, $800, maybe if I'm lucky, like that's just a lot. I just can't do it. Like, I mean, I could, but I can't, I can't justify it. It's just yeah, too much. I could, have, I could have done it had I had more time to plan this out. Yeah, or more if you understanding had, of what I was doing. If you had notice of that, then yeah. you could start 
you know, if you were doing this six months ago, you could think, okay, I can budget a little this month and I'll buy tickets in advance. So I'll buy the plane tickets early. Uh, I'll use some credit card. You know, you could. Do you know how many guitars I can buy with the price of my travel alone? <laughs> but the, the flip side of this, besides the fact that it's really expensive, hard to plan for, it's hard to do last minute, is that Blizzard announces the schedule really late. Yeah. And we we just don't know what's going to be there. Blizzard has not Blizzard has increased the prices. They've said this con is going to be different, but they haven't told us how and they haven't sold the conventions. Yeah, cuz they didn't think they had to. In the past the yeah. biggest problem has been keeping stuff from leaking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now but- they they've managed to successfully keep stuff from leaking to the point where we don't know what the convention's going to be about. So there's not much discussion cuz nobody like we're like, is are we going to get an announcement of the next expansion for WoW? Are we going to get an announcement of the next patch for WoW? Because maybe there's not going to be another expansion right away. Maybe this one's going to be a two year, like all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to hear about this survival game they're supposedly working on? Um, is there going to be an ArcLight Rumble party or something? Like, what's going on with that? What are you doing with Heroes of the Storm? See, are you going to bring that and, back? And this you know? is some, this is something where I think like. I think convention and and Blizzard would do well to do this for for next year. I think once again they need to stop focusing on the physical event and maybe mm-hmm. save that overhead and put it towards making a better online event with optional in-person stuff that happens around there as well. Mm. Like the convention center is not cheap, right? Um nope. and and over the years we saw it go from two halls to five halls which every time you add a hall, that's even more space. Plus you have to, they, they run out the space for the outside part for the, the ticket uh, portions and, and everything else. Like it does cost them a lot of money plus paying all the people to be there. Cause you know, you pay your employees. Um, they, sh- I think that this should be a good impetus, maybe with the, the slowdown in sales for tickets to really look at enhancing an online or remote experience for players, especially those that like, we talk about the, the the folks that sent us a question about you know childcare and in the the fact that there's not any of those options anymore where there was in the past. Um, then they don't have to worry about it nearly as much. It also benefits because now you can have parents introducing their kids to some of the more exciting parts of you know in this case Blizzard uh, and what they do and why it's so you know hype and you're helping yourself get another generation of gamers. Like, I think they need to start looking at enhancing the online experience and enhancing the online community. Like, there are festivals and other conventions that do parallels with it, where, like, there's, like, an IndieCon where, like, uh, and Steam Next Fest and stuff like that, where, yeah, you it's like a virtual con, but then you get to play all the games, and they have things like social events and gatherings leveraging technology in order to, like, bring people together and get them hyped about what they're doing. And for smaller games or, or things like that, you can't tell me that if Blizzard enhanced their online experience for BlizzCon to like give us something similar to that, give us something meaty and something to sink our teeth into, and then release a schedule way earlier than they have in the past, or like here's all the wonderful things that are going to be available, and maybe even charged um, 80, 90, 100 bucks for a virtual ticket. If the value was there, you can't tell me people wouldn't do it. I think yeah, they would. I just, I, I do think part of the problem here is that. BlizzCon has always been a convention that punches way out of its weight class. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is essential on paper, this is a hobby convention for one game publisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that it sells, it's been selling out for years, the fact that enormous crowds show up, the fact that they can use up the entirety of that convention center is to a certain degree because Blizzard just you know, the whole Blizzard mystique deal, the idea that Blizzard just literally was punching out of its weight class. It was taking a convention that on paper really shouldn't be much bigger than, it certainly shouldn't be bigger than Gen Con, and it's not. Gen Con's enormous. But it, it's it's big enough to disrupt an area. It's big enough you, that the Hinnaheim Convention Center expanded twice, <laughs> to, yeah. you know, for it. You know, that, think about that. The Anaheim Convention Center does not really have another client to justify this expansion that they've been going through over the year. And oh, so... Okay, you, Disney does D23 there every year. That's yeah. pretty big. That yeah, is that's, very big. But yeah. they, they do it because... Yeah. It's not like Disney doesn't have convention centers 
of its own it could do them at. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like a, it's it's a convention store that's a block away from Disneyland. Of course yeah. they're going to use this one. It's it's fair. This is a fair point, but still, we we all know that they didn't expand the convention center for Disney because Disney was perfectly happy with the convention center that they had. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. It's just it's it is to but, to my mind BlizzCon is such an anomaly that it is hard to figure out is this just course correction? There is maybe is a little this bit just but people there's... realizing you know hey i really can't afford to keep going to this thing every year um, uh, see but i don't know about that because then there's another game company that does a very similar thing every year with adepticon and it's essentially devoted to games workshop more or less yeah, but games workshop is another anomaly in the gaming industry that we don't have time to talk about but in terms of like that convention I think Warhammer fans are the perfect storm of people you can just rely on to just keep coming back. And I think Blizzard may have actually made themselves no longer <laughs> in that category. I don't think Blizzard can count on its fans like it used to be. I, well, and part of that, I think, is also just from the years of, and let's be honest, mm-hmm. um, not calling it bad press minimizes everything, but like the rightful scrutiny of what they've been doing as a company past, and a culture. The past, yeah. The past three years of what's been reported and what people have heard about and the past decade plus. Oh yeah. I mean, the, th- the fact that BlizzCon was the site for a lot of the things that are currently being the, the, the subject of major lawsuits. Oh yeah. And people who are no longer working at Blizzard and even haven't been working at Blizzard for years have been mentioned. There's a, there's just a lot of fallout from this that we still haven't gotten to really see. I think to a certain degree, the Microsoft deal kind of obscured that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure that's what they were hoping would happen. Um, but regardless, people don't, just because you're, no one's talking about it anymore online, like there aren't sites aren't devoting all their time to it, doesn't mean that people don't talk about it or remember it. And when it comes time to, to make that ticket purchase, I mean, it is something that's going to be in your head. 100% especially yeah. especially if you were close to those situations and you know or mm-hmm, knew somebody mm-hmm. somebody that went through anything like that like that weighs on you too and we've we've discussed this at length with like sometimes it's hard for you to even continue to support the company and play the games because of stuff like that let alone travel ac- halfway across the world to go attend one of their events yeah. where multiple of those bad memories were made right like it's it it's a thing. It's a factor. There's a lot of different aspects to this particular thing happening. So, uh, should we like we got a lot more to talk about? Yeah, though. let's yeah. keep going. Yeah, <laughs> that was that uh, was a, that was a whole journey. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there's more. We, a big could, topic. we could, yeah, we could talk more about this uh, in depth. I I suppose the end of this conversation is that BlizzCon tickets are, as of this recording, actually still available. And if you do want to make last minute BlizzCon plans. Go for it. It's there. It's going to be uh, an interesting experience this year, it sounds like. They're doing something different, and I'm really curious as to what's yeah. going to be on the show floor, but I can't afford it this year. That's out of my out of my budget. Yeah, not the year you're moving, no. Mm, you you no. moved, moved cross-country. Like, I if I... Uh, yeah, without paying movers of any kind, without paying to move any items, I could afford to go to BlizzCon, but I can't. <laughs> Just give up all my stuff. That's fine. I don't need my things. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. I'll just all pack right. my clothes in the back of my Honda. There. Done. There's a various bunch of stuff that I'm going to mention, try to mention relatively quickly because it's basically just stuff that's going Reminders. to be ending at a certain point. Like Brewfest is ending on the 6th of October, which I think that's in three days as we're recording this. Um, that's in World of Warcraft. Wow, Brewfest ending on the 6th. Uh, Overwatch is uh, Overwatch 2's anniversary event. It's first year operating. Uh, that ends on the 9th of October. Uh, that's that's. I can play that now. You know, can you? That's awesome. Yeah. After a um, year of complaining about it, they fixed it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. Squeaky wheel gets to squeak some more until such time as finally somebody brings some grease along. Um, on the 19th of October, we've got the Vermilion Weapon Bundle from Amazon Prime Gaming. That's ending on that day. So right now, until the 19th, you can still get that. Uh, watch yourself. Uh, actually, you just got to hook up your, your Amazon Prime account. Um, there's the Overwatch uh, Mercy Owl skin, which I got to say up front, looks like she's become a Batman villain. 
I love that skin, <laughs> actually. That's not a criticism. So I've been playing a lot of, like, just real random aside, I've been playing a lot of support because it's the easiest role for me to get back into, like, with the game and, and go quick play. I have a ton of Mercy skins. I'm only using the Owl skin. It is so good. I do feel like I'm in, like, a, a Christopher Nolan Batman film. Yeah, it, seriously, it's like I keep thinking to myself, this is what they would do with Owl Man if they were going to put yep, Owl Man in one hundred percent. But yeah, Overwatch Mercy skin. That's Amazon Prime Gaming as well. There's also the Zipow Tiger. Um, that's a pet, not a mount. But you can get that through Amazon Prime Gaming as well, and that's to the twenty fourth of October. Uh, meanwhile, in World of Warcraft itself, we've got the Turbulent Timeways event. Week one has just ended. Week two has just begun. Uh, what's this week's time walking? Do you guys know? Uh, I forgot which one it is. I think it's Kata. Well, whatever it is, basically. No, Kata was last week. Kata was last week. I I, I don't know because Burning Crusade. It's Burning Crusade. Cool, thank you. Um, so basically, every every week they're resetting to a new time walking event. Uh, one of WoW's various uh, expansions will now be showcasing some of its dungeons and time walking and you can go and do that and get yourself some neat loot including if you do i think it's at four or five in a week five five okay if you do five in a week you get um i think it's a heroic current raid loot is that correct yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so you can get some heroic current raid loot which is pretty nice because that's the whole bit you know avarice uh raid loot which is nice because you know we got another raid coming fairly soonish i think next month at this point Real soon. Yeah, oh so. my gosh! And hopefully, hopefully You're right. If- Next month is November. Next yeah. month is November. How did this happen? I will point out to you that the Turbulent Timeways event will be ending right around the time uh, BlizzCon comes. Yes, it'll it'll be I think the week after. So yeah, that's that's all happening. The Turbulent Timeways event that's going until the 30th of October. Um, till the on the 4th of of October which is tomorrow as we're recording this but it will be sometime in the past after you hear it they're going to be doing a Diablo 4 dev live stream which is going to talk about season 2 including like you know new stuff you can do with your pony uh they they mentioned that specifically in one article i read and i was like well you know i like ponies uh so yeah that's happening in 2 hours um i'm going to take a moment here to very very um, heartfeltly say to the, the Diablo 14, please, God, please have somebody write this down. Just have somebody there. Just hire a stenographer, please. I'm begging you. And I'm back. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to see developers on stage who really enjoy talking about their games. I'm uh-huh. great to see that, you know, energy and see what they themselves have to say about it. But sometimes it's like, okay, I'd like to know what's happening and I just want to read it so that I, I know what it is and I can see it in front of me with my eyeballs and I don't have to listen to you talk for two hours. Yeah. It's not even that I don't particularly want to watch the live stream or anything. It's that I know I'm going to get asked the same questions 85,000 times. And I would really like it if I could just point people to this. So I don't have to like, go and try and watch it again to remember exactly yeah. what they said. Or, um, I mean, even it's good for us to have reference material as people covering this news so that it's like, because to fact check things about this, you have to go and listen to the whole thing because sometimes they say different things about the same thing in different places in the stream. And when you have a stream that is so long, uh, it can be really hard to keep track and to keep the message straight. Please hire a stenographer, please. <laughs> and... <laughs> Like that problem, you know, it's like a game of telephone. You, yeah. they have a stream and then I listen to the stream and I hear one thing. That one thing gets imprinted in my brain and I write it down on the website as the thing that's imprinted in my brain, which may not exactly match the phrasing that they used in the live stream. And then someone else reads that and they say, oh, this is what you said, but they kind of interpret it differently than the way I typed it. And they say something else to their friends. And before you know it, the actual message is like a mile away from what it actually is. Because Blizzard has not been very good at writing down Diablo information. Tell us. I don't think we'll have anything further to add on this subject. We'll see what, what comes out of the live stream when it's here. Uh, I am interested to hear about Season 2. Um, I'm hoping they've made a few changes to make mm-hmm. Season mm-hmm. 2 feel a little bit more approachable. Um, because, of, yeah. you know... It was very hard for me to justify doing more season one at the same time that, you know, the various games that I've been playing have also come out. It's just, it's been very hard. I still do play like once or twice a, a week. 
just because sometimes I my brain boils up with hatred and I need to smash things with a hammer. <laughs> but regardless, it, it's been hard. Uh, finally, on this, we've got two things. One is that Liz mentioned that from the 4th until the 17th of October, we're going to have the Eastern Kingdoms Cup. So that starts tomorrow as we're recording this, and it's going to last until like, li- like about two weeks. Uh, from the 4th to you know the 4th to the 11th, that's one week. And from the 11th to the 17th is almost the second week. So yeah, about two weeks. Um, that's cool. It's another one of those dragon riding get, you know, things going on in the original world of Warcraft world. I'm super curious to see how the Eastern kingdoms is approached as a dragon riding locale for lack of a better word. Uh, but that's what that's happening there. And also the October wow training posts got, got Halloween spooky rewards. Uh, specifically the things I noticed were these three transmogs. They were for DK demon hunter and druid. The Druid one is basically just, you know, I'm the most fabulous bear you've ever seen. <laughs> it's, I think it's supposed to be Moonkin armor or maybe healing armor. I'm, I'm up front. I'm, I'm not sure. But it's really nice. Uh, it's, it's very sparkly. It's like leather pelts, but sparkly. It's, it's, it's actually really. The Demon Hunter one is just straight up. Um, how convolutedly evil can I look? Very convolutedly evil. I'm going to make that green and purple clash in ways you just aren't ready for. And and I was not ready for them. So yeah, that A plus plus. The DK one um is basically what if dead but spider? And I think anybody who hears that question is immediately like, um, whilst you think I'd be yay, dead spider, I am instead, ooh, get dead spider away from me. And and that's how I felt about it. And looking at the set, it's it's a beautifully rendered set. It's three pieces, it's the helmet, shoulders, and belt. Beautifully rendered lovingly detailed. I never want to see that on anybody. <laughs> like it's, ah, I don't like that. I mean, but I do like it. I think that did, it, kudos job, very Halloweeny, um, super nice. Uh, but, but yeah, that's, did you guys look at it at all? Did you look at the October stuff? See anything that particularly yeah. grabbed you? Uh, I, I want to get that broom. I mean, there's a broom mount. I am, I am there for it. I went and Is got it like the a permanent uh, broom mount. Yes. Yes. It's a permanent. It's a permanent broom mount. Yes. Okay. But during during Hollow's End, it will be instant cast. That's nice. That's nice. I'm not the rest of the year. It. It's going to be a normal cast. Still, will be a broom. I'd I'd like to add one small thing, which is kind of tangential to the trading post, which is today World of Warcraft released a new battle pet for sale, which is Little Mags, which is a tiny tiny baby pit lord that's kind of kind of adorable, actually. I mean, you wouldn't expect that of a pit lord, and you also wouldn't expect a pit lord. To- ever have been like an adorable baby but uh there you go that's a thing it costs ten dollars on the blizzard shop but it will arrive in a future rotation of the trading post um so what i'm hearing is that i won't have to spend ten dollars on it but uh it's there and if you must have it now it costs ten dollars it will be leaving the shop on october 31st but will show up in the trading post in the future. I think it's it's weirdly adorable. I can't explain it. It's kind of, also, I should point out that the uh, little KT pet, which you guys remember, the tiny Kel- Kelthazon mm-hmm. pet, that's also available in the adorable. trading post. Yes, that's also weirdly available adorable. in this month's trading post. So, mm-hmm. Joe, you were going to say something? Oh, no, I was going to say, like, I'm, I was also impressed that they gave us the uh, recolor of the Infernal Mountain. I was very, very happy about it because now I can be a, a spooky sailor on my, you know, Infernal Mount. And maybe I'll Hello? maybe I'll get a little Maggie and then uh, a little Mags and uh, it can be we can we can be one cute adorable spooky family. It'll be great. Cute adorable horror family. Well, all right, all right, all right. Why did I do that? <laughs> I don't know. God, it just came out of me. Ugh. That must be what it's like to be him all the time. Uh, but anyway, um, we've got a little time, a uh, little bit more than ten minutes, so we're gonna try and get through some emails. Um, uh, if you've got a question for the show, you can go to our Discord server and go to either the Patreon Q and podcast channels for patrons, and then we'll look at it. We look there first, uh, or the simple pod Q and podcast questions channel for non-patrons, because we do still look there, guys. We do still care what you guys ask us. We just like to give our supporters a little something because they make all of this possible. Um, but true. we do absolutely look in the other one as well. Um, and you if you buy magic cards, thank you. And if you want to email us, you can email us at 
podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of Blizzard Watch. So we know it's for the show. Joe likes to tell people to send a pronunciation of their name. And you know what? I'm going to steal that idea because it's a brilliant one. Please. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> Please, Please, I do beg you. Us. Yeah. It's it's very, sometimes you think nothing of your name, but then we looking at it and going, there's three Z's in this. Y- y'all are creative <laughs> with your names. It helps us. Please. And trust me. Yeah, just just you know, a pronunciation guide. If you don't mind us, if you don't mind me, me like just doing my best, that's Shout fine. Shout out to Razorbug. Yeah, but if you'd rather that I actually get it right, a pronunciation guide would be really special. I would love. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna just start with the first one here from a longtime friend of the show, Easy Target. Um, Hi, watchers. Long time no write. With the possibility of exploring more of Azeroth, any thoughts on the people we may find? Sure, misplaced members of the standard races, but what new races, put simply, would you do you think we could find halflings in our travels? Uh, they're the only basic race missing from the lore. Uh, Avalor is mentioned a lot and would seem to coincide with Avalon from Arthurian legend and a lesser degree Armor from Tolkien. Uh, yes, Hobbiton is in Eriador, but this area kind of hugs Armor. A third gnome offshoot? Question mark. Uh, Methinks hobbits mm. would be precious. Um, I should have gone. <laughs> Methinks hobbits would be precious, but I, I didn't want to, so I didn't. Uh, that's from Easy Target. You, uh, troll you who can go into sunlight. <laughs> I often do the thing I don't want to do to show people that I didn't want to do it. I don't know why that is. <laughs> It's like it's like the McConaughey thing. Sometimes my brain just listen. Some, sometimes I mean, Matt I, continues on and does the thing. Sometimes he turns into a, a 1940s prospector uh, or 1840s prospector. Sometimes he turns into Matthew McConaughey. It just happens. We just accept yeah, these things. We don't know what. I anyway. I applaud your skills. But um, yeah, I'm a little so, confused, but I still applaud it. Hobbits should they happen? Will they happen? Could they happen? Um, I'm gonna throw this one to Joe because Liz doesn't probably doesn't care. Okay. Um, maybe. Uh, so gnomes in WoW sort of fill that same gap. Like, unlike D and D, uh, where gnomes are just absolutely ridiculously tiny, they are small creatures. Uh, halflings are medium, so they're still you know sort of in that. No, category. no, halflings are small. Halflings, I thought were medium. No, they're not. They're small. Mm. Okay, someone get out the book. Yeah, someone get out the book. I'm I'm literally looking. Over. I'm going to keep He's talking anyway. <laughs> Um, so what, wow, I'm all thrown off now. Uh, yeah, they are, th- they are three feet tall. They are small. I, I stand corrected. Okay. I know this because I played a halfling who used my smallness and the ability to be nimble to constantly stand in other people's boxes and hit from them Fair. and then move behind them so that the guy who I was fighting yeah. could hit me back. So I don't, I don't think we can go much smaller than what we currently have model wise in game already between, you know, gnomes and uh Vulpera and goblins. goblins they're they're kind of as small as you can get and i actually had to race change off of Vulpera because i kept getting stuck on things still because the hitbox is very very small um so i don't know that we'll necessarily see halflings we might see offshoots of gnomes uh, maybe a little bit differently proportioned uh maybe some offshoots of humans and things like that but I don't know. I we've we've kind of already got our, our lizard people races, and I'm air quoting that because I know dragons aren't necessarily lizards, but they're not dissimilar. Um, we've got our elves, we've got our undead, we've got uh, humans, we've got everything in between that we can possibly think of. I don't know what else we could possibly find, except maybe other variations of things like Firbolg would be cool because Firbolg have been sort of static for a while. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think? What, what would be nice for us to see there? Before I rant on, Liz, do you got anything? I mean, one thing that Blizzard has tried to do over the years is to paint races as unique silhouettes. And we've kind of fallen behind on that with variant races like um, uh, the Void Elves and the Blood Elves have really the same silhouette. But Blizzard has always kind of stressed this idea that different races should have, you know, distinct looks. And I think the problem with halflings is just like you were saying, Joe, it's this is going to be kind of similar to a gnome. Yeah. So it's like, what is a race that would be visually you know, distinct, different, unique from other races? You know, you know what I actually the, we had a question a long time ago on Lore Watch. Well, I say a long time ago, but because time is weird. What about hybrid races or half races? Hmm. Like, 
I, that aside, like that, those are the things that we are sort of missing from the traditional fantasy. And I'm air quoting traditional because we have elves, orcs, we have variations of elves, we have goblins, we have undead, we have dwarves, we have uh, gnome slash halfling slash hobbits, we have our dragons, we have trolls, we have we've seen ogres, we've seen uh, centaurs, we've seen satyrs, we've seen kobolds. Uh, we've seen all variations therein, giants and, and everything else, but we haven't seen really, we have one instance of, um, hybrid race, right? We have, um, Ro- uh, Ronin's kids, right? They're half human, half elf. And Arator. And Arator. Those, those are the three that we have. Maybe see more of them and experiment with like what a dwarf and orc, like what their lineage would look like. Um, because I think that would be cool. Um, we often compare things to D and D. It's one of the reasons I used to like Dark Sun, is because it was kind of challenging what you thought, uh, you know, lineages could be. Um, hmm. you're right. So, like, I would like to see that. Maybe, maybe we see an orc and an elf that have that have you know decided to uh, commingle and have a family, and or maybe that's what happened there, uh, or maybe you know. I don't know. Like, I, I think it would be much more interesting uh, to start exploring that space than, you know, anything else. Because I don't know what else we would add otherwise. I'm sorry, but the entire time this has been going on, I've been sitting here snickering to myself, imagining that they introduce this, the, the original, you know, uncorrupted, unseat of flesh gnomes. Like, not mecha gnomes, but the first gnomes that, that happened out of mecha gnomes. And they're just six foot tall gnomes. They're Same. just really tall gnomes. Those, so those proportions human. just massive. Yeah, just, well, just no, six humans, foot tall gnomes. gnomes. Gnomes have different proportions. Oh, yeah. Like huge they're... head, huge hands, stubby arms. Yeah. Just but a gnome. It, it's like a like a and it would just be like it, they would actually just be gnome with an exclamation point at the end. And that's the whole like when we did <laughs> the race the, the new trailer. Yeah, like gnomes. And they're like just wandering around being huge and just like, you know mighty warriors and then like you know they they come out of their hidden valley that they've been at for thousands of years and like you know they run face first and the humans will be like um they're just spindly uses what what happened why are your heads so small can you even think in there they must be (laughs) dumb huh like just just that's all i've been able to think about is is that because you know they broke my heart when they didn't give us the playable ogres after uh mm-hmm. after warlords of draenor we had like smart ogres with their own roman empire and we didn't do nothing with it i was like uh whatever. so okay uh unless liz has anything else i'm gonna move on to the next nah. one okay More i'm gonna questions. skip this one i'm gonna skip this one because it's one that you then said you actually looked at you actually answered it in uh work chat yeah. so i'm not gonna do this one unless uh, joe has something now, well, well, if we if we have time, this one's from Metal Zani. Uh, question from the podcast: Greetings, possible humans, and I like that he covered mm. his bets. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I'm fully human. Yeah, it could be human. You, but, yeah. I I mean, you're listening to the sound of our voices, but that does not say what exactly we are, what kind of creatures we are. I'm at Who least thirty percent anxiety made manifest. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm with you there. So, I'm sorry, ma'am, but you're gonna have to get in line behind my cat. My cat is so anxious. <laughs> But anyway, with the time walking event going on, what vanilla dungeons would you want to base to be scaled for time walking? It can be original or revamped versions. Also, what would the raid be for that week? Uh, Liz? I would like original Skolomance. I I ran question. that dungeon I I ran that dungeon so so many times and you know, it's like you run it so much that you think you never want to go back. Now that I can't go back, I kind of feel I want to go back. I would like to go to original Skolomance. All right, fair point. Uh, do you have a raid to throw in the hat, or I think you have to do molten core if you're doing a vanilla uh, time walking. You gotta do molten core. That's just it's so old school, and there are so many features of it that would be really annoying in the modern sense because it's so gigantic. Just walking across it takes forever, and uh, the bosses are very spread out. I mean, there are lots of annoying features. I think if you're yeah. doing a vanilla raid. It has to be molten. You can't do anything. All right. That's fair. That's a, definitely a, a fair one, in my opinion. Joe, what you got? Razorfen crawl and Razorfen downs. Make them a linked mega dungeon that's done through time Ooh. walking. 
We talked about this a little bit on Lore Watch, uh, which you should go listen to. Please just go ahead and do it. Um, And back in the olden days, in the original, original days of WoW, those dungeons were 10-man dungeons. Um, Until they, you know, decided to go with the five-man cap for it. So it was, I would love to see them updated or remixed uh, and given the time walking uh, sort of polish and playthrough, I love those zones, but they're ones that players don't get to experience very much anymore. Uh, and even post cataclysm, they're the relatively unscathed for where they are in the world. I think those would be really cool things to pull up as far as dungeons or sorry, raids go. Let's go back to the temple of Ankaraj. Let's bring back AQ 40 and give it the full polish and treatment. Uh, Ankaraj is one of those things that not a lot of people got to experience because it was very high-end content at the time, um, only to be surpassed later by Naxxramas. Most people got through the ruins. They got to do AQ-20. AQ-40 was a harder sell for a lot of raids and guilds at the time. And going back to it now doesn't give you that same gravitas of that place and i think it's one of the coolest places it was where we got introduced to old gods it's where we got introduced Mm -hmm. to like you know the karaji and sort of like that whole thing we got introduced to like the war of the sands and and what happened there and the tormenting of the spirits that were left behind and it's such a huge thing and the opening of the temple the opening of 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 on karaj was such a huge event. Uh, we talked about it when oh, we talked yeah. about them doing it on on the WoW Classic servers. Um, I'd love to see that again. I'd love to have that give that polish and play through so that players could go and experience it and have fun with their guilds. I personally would love to take some of our guildies who are babies and have never been. I mean, like, they're young. <laughs> they are absolutely young. And they never did this stuff at level and introduce them to, like, yeah, uh, here's Princess Huron. Let's have some fun. Right, like I, I <laughs> are you wearing your cloth, your cloth nature resist booties, Mister Tank? But I, th- I think I just think it'd be fun. I think those would be really cool things to to bring back and give a polish. I'm done. Okay. Um, for me, the dungeon is the original Upper Black Rock Spire. Ooh, mm. yeah. Because I mean, first off, when they took that out, I was really sad because I spent so much time in UBRS uh, farming for the warrior set, seeing pieces of it go to the paladins, getting angry, farming for the warrior set some more. Fill that um, in hunter. Yeah. And mm. then uh I remember uh, I was on my alt warrior, not my main, not the one I was tanking in a raid guild with, but my <laughs> alt who I was just running around DPSing on for fun. And I was in um I think Ironforge, standing around in my gear, which was all stuff I'd gotten on my own. I hadn't gotten any of it from raids. Uh, it was a crafted helmet, the Lionheart helm, uh, and a bunch of the you know, warrior tier or the warrior tier upset the uh, dungeon set or dungeon set 0.5. So there were several um, legend. There were some epic pieces in there and I had a typhoon cause I'd gone on an Azurgos uh, kill and I was standing there just, you know, talking to somebody and one of my wife's friends actually singled her out, like grabbed her and said, Hey, what's the deal with that guy in your guild? Like what, 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 where did you get all that here? <laughs> and she was like, um, bloody mindedly running upper black rock spire every single day for about a year now. And I she mean, was like, that's, Oof. that is yeah. really what you did at Endgame mm-hmm. in Vanilla. Yep. Uh-huh. You were always running. And, and I had the key. I had the key mm-hmm. to UBRS. Yes. So I was basically like, I was guaranteed in because I wasn't mm-hmm. letting people in mm-hmm. if I didn't get to go. Um, <laughs> but see, see, yeah, Upper Black Rock Spire is my, my dungeon because that's gone now. You can't do it. You can still kind of get the sense of it, but no, not like it was. Yeah, it's not the same. Um, and just so just hey. to watch people kite Wormthalak around would be worth the price <laughs> of admission. Some poor hunter is like, so yeah, that shoot was our, him and run away. That was our hunter initiation for the guild I was in back. If you, that's how you got your, if you were a hunter and you applied to the guild, because we were like a, a t- the, the guild I was in at the time was like a, a top uh, like tier mm-hmm. server first guild. That was your, that was your test. Could you properly kite Wormfly? <laughs> yeah. Can you keep Wormfly <laughs> running around for like 10 minutes? Yeah. Long, you know, long enough for us to kill these guys. And yeah. without, without the healers dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the healers dying. That's the trick. Uh, but so, yeah, that would be it. And as for the, the raid, I think you know, based on the fact that what I said for my dungeon, the raid would be Blackwing Lit. Mm. Because in my opinion, just an opinion, and other people have good arguments. I, th- I think the Molten Core argument is a pretty strong one, really. And um, I'm AQ, absolutely. But 
BWL was the best raid of original World of Warcraft. I will agree with that. And, and I'm willing to die on yeah. that hill because it had everything you want in a raid. It had the great things that bring you tons of emotion in good times. It had the suppression room, which was the worst thing anyone's ever done. <laughs> no, 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 no. Suppression room was just the reason to bring rogues to a raid. It was fine. <sighs> even our raids hated the suppression room it had it had the trash after the boss after the suppression room which was unbelievable that you could, that you could pull through the wall yes you could pull through the wall <laughs> and which would just fireball you to death in so little time it was just and then of course as you're trying to clear that trash a little dragon will fly in and then you're like oh he's one of the bosses we have to fight him now he just flew in why yeah. is there another why is there another boss here wait what yeah. That's, oh, yeah. He could aggro his brother who was upstairs. And there was a third brother that you actually could get if you somehow managed to leash them and then they ran back again. Mm -hmm. he, this one would come down. I've actually seen a guild attempt to tank all three of them, which, by the way, no. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Blackwing Lair is the one I would vote for as the one to bring you through time walking because it is the. About. Go ahead. About Blackwing Lair, one thing that would be really interesting to having time walking. Whenever Blizzard has added a new class, they've given it a new class column, Blackwing Lair. Yep. The Netherian fight in Blackwing Lair famously had class calls. He would have a call out for every single class that would do something terrible to yep. you. Just terrible. Um, you know, I remember Warlocks would summon Infernals on the raid. And uh, Hunter's you know, Bow would be Hunter's what, range weapon would break. I still have that macro, by the way, in my macro book. And yeah. uh, uh, druids would shapeshift cat form because at the time that was the worst thing you could do to a druid because they were definitely there to heal. Yep. So that would just be real bad if they were cats. Um, but it would be interesting to see these new class calls in a, a competitive scaled up environment. So you could go yeah. and like really experience the fight. Well, I know that the Death Knight one is really bad because he death grips the entire raid to directly in front of him. <laughs> yeah. And, and he and is, you know anything in fact, about tanking still a dragon. dragon. Yeah. He's tanking mm -hmm. a drag. He's, you're tanking a dragon and suddenly the whole raid is on top of you. And you're like, what the? And then he starts swiping away with his massive claws and breathing shadow flame on everyone. And it's not good. Um, so, yeah, the, that's the Death Knight one. I don't know the Demon Hunter one or the Monk one. I haven't seen those. The Demon, the Demon Hunter one, I know you go completely blind. The screen goes black. That's that that tracks. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the evoker yeah. one is hilarious too, for that matter. Uh, I don't even know what that would be. Uh, one of you guys is here. That's weird. Anyway, join my side and kill these humans. <laughs> but yeah, that's so yeah, that would be my my raid is Blackwing Lair. Because I think Blackwing Lair I think like for each expansion I've had one raid that I felt was the the, the quintessential one for me. Like in, in uh Burning Crusade it was it was uh Black Temple. In uh Wrath of the Lich King, it was Olduar. In uh, Cataclysm, it was probably Firelands. Um, and in, you know, um, Mr. Pandaria, it was, I wasn't going to read oh. any of those raids. I think he turns you, uh, the, the Evoker one is he turns you into a whelp. Ah, so that's almost as good. Yeah. So yeah. Evokers, uh, nothing more than pitiful whelps. No wonder my father abandoned yep. your experience. <laughs> yep. So yeah, um, that, that would be mine, would be Blackwing Lair. And uh, yeah, so we think we've answered that question. Do we have time for more or are we done? I think we are at time. Okay. Mm. Um, sorry, Corn. Maybe we'll get you next week. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I will answer one part of that. I do wear a fancy and funny hat every week on Lore Watch. Oh, I'm glad you answered that. I was really curious when Corn asked if you wore a hat. <laughs> yeah, I, I okay. Don't know what to do with that yeah. one, but... <laughs> uh, do you wear a hat during lure watch matt i i'm not going to discuss what clothing i do or don't wear during <laughs> any of these podcasts because i've been i've been informed that this is too much information so yes i will not be talking about this time i will however be be looking at, at joe and my eyes are going to grow really big like puss in boots in those various clips from shrek Ah, uh, yes. Well, blizzard watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch your continued support means this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you, Joe. 
Uh, and thank you to Liz and Joe for being here, of course. Thank you to all of you for being here. Thank you to my throat to holding up to this point because I could hear you going. And it was a heroic effort to keep keep working through this entire podcast. I salute you, throat. Um, <clears throat> if you've got a question for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzwatch.com or use our two Discord channels, Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel or simply Q and Podcast Questions channel. We'll look at them there and mo- try to get as many of them answered as we can. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys very much for being here and we'll be back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.